we ask the question, what if Jesus had not come? And so this morning, that's where I want to spend a little bit of time here. What if Jesus had not come? We begin in 1 John chapter number 5. I want you to take your Bibles and go back there to 1 John chapter number 5. If Jesus had not come, what would the consequences be? What would our present be like if Jesus had not come? Sometimes we may be tempted to think, what would our life be like right now if we had never heard the gospel, if we had never been saved, transformed, redeemed, reconciled to God so that we have a father-son relationship with Him, if we did not have eternal hope to look forward to in eternity, what would my present be like? Where would I be on this day? Of course, we don't know the answer to that question. We cannot answer where, what, what would be in the future if we had made a different decision. The fact is, we have to bear the responsibility and the consequences of our decisions from yesterday and in the past. The good news is we can make decisions today that will affect tomorrow and the following days. What decisions will you make today that will affect those? But what if Jesus had not come? What would we not know if he had not come? On one hand, it's an impossible question, though. Why? Well, because the whole universe is in Him. It's through Him and for Him. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 17 say this, Who is the image of the invisible God? This is talking about Jesus Christ. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by Him, this is Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Notice this phrase, all things were created by Him, and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You know what that means? That means the secret that holds this universe together, that the scientists are searching for and seeking, what keeps the earth at the exact distance from the sun it needs to be so that life can survive? What keeps the solar system operating is exactly as it should. We sometimes are told by science that we are cosmic accidents, that we just came to pass by accident because some lightning struck some primordial goo in some ocean long, 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 long ago, if you put enough zeros there, and that out popped life. Life from non-life, that is unobservable. That's not science. That's literally not science. Life coming from non-life. This pew cannot produce life any more than a rock a 10 billion years ago could produce life. Only one thing can produce life, and that is life itself. But not just any life, but that is God. The Bible says that by Him all things consist. Jesus is that invisible glue that holds all of this together. The scientists can take out their electronic microscopes and they can look way, way, way down deep inside the molecule and they can see even individual atoms. That would be interesting. What holds the electrons in their orbits around the nucleus of the atom? A gravitational pull or uh, you know, electricity or... By Jesus, all things consist. 
Hey, I'm not against science. I love science. I enjoy learning things. I enjoy microscopes and telescopes and, and rifle scopes. You know, I enjoy all of the scopes, uh, even the kind that you, uh, you, don't, you don't drink. You spit out after you, you know, brush your teeth, right? I enjoy that scope too. Uh, but I enjoy science. science. I love history and, and learning about you know, people from my past even and places from my past. But what if Jesus had not come? Without him, everything comes apart. But on the other hand, when we take a look into this, it can help us appreciate his coming more than anything else. Number one here this morning, if Jesus had not come, we would not know God's complete faithfulness. We would not know God's complete faithfulness. We would not know how God fulfills every last promise that he has given every promise going back to Abraham fulfilled every promise going back to Moses going back to David these promises are fulfilled promises that were given to Israel through the prophets like Isaiah that we've been studying on Wednesday nights these promises that were given fulfilled but there are yet many promises that are left to see the ultimate fulfillment of those promises. And if Jesus had not come, we would never see those promises fulfilled. One of the very first promises given back in Genesis 3.15 is this, And I will put enmity between thee, this is the devil, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is after Adam and Eve had made that decision in the garden to disobey God. Remember, God gave mankind a free will to choose. Someone was trying to argue with me yesterday that, oh, you know, it was all determined before the world ever began who was going to get saved, who was not going to get saved, who was going to go to heaven, who was going to hell. It was all predetermined. And so sharing the gospel is, is utterly pointless. Well, God did give us a free choice, and he commanded us to preach the gospel to every creature. And he told us how beautiful are the feet of them that bear the gospel of Christ, which means it is a good thing. It is a blessed thing. It is a beautiful thing to bear the gospel to somebody else. It's commanded, it is expected, and it is glorified in Scripture. But we would not know the complete faithfulness of God if, he had not, if Jesus had not come. In that verse, Genesis 3.15, speaking of the devil who came and tempted Adam and Eve to go ahead and to choose that one thing that they were told not to choose, that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they chose it because they thought it was going to give them some sort of special knowledge, but they chose it. And immediately... There was a difference, wasn't there? There was sin. And he said that there would be enmity between his seed and her seed, talking about the next generations to come, their children to come. And then at the end, he says, it shall bruise thy head. Talking about the future seed of woman, looking down the annals of time to Jesus Christ, stomping on the head of that old serpent, bruising his head, a fatal blow. He says, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Of course, a serpent can't reach up much higher than that, can it? The serpent was banished to crawling in the dust. I don't know what it did before that, but it was banished to crawling in the dust after this. And he says, he's going to deal you the fatal blow of stomping on your head. Meanwhile, you're going to just 
grab him there in the heel. And of course, we think forward to Jesus dying on the cross and Satan doing his dead level best to get Jesus to that point, to have him killed, not understanding that him getting Jesus killed was playing exactly into the hands of God, fulfilling the purpose that Jesus had come for. That's how faithful God is to us. How faithful is He to you? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9 that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are told that He will fulfill all of His promises. We are told that He will never leave us nor forsake us. How faithful is God? Think of the most faithful human you know. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a father or a mother. Somebody that you can trust implicitly. That you know if they say something to you, they're going to keep their word. Now, I'll take that person and multiply them times 100,000. This is the faithfulness of God. A God who exists outside our time. A God who is not bound and constrained by our, limit, by our limits. He is limitless. He is outside time. He knows what's coming tomorrow because He holds tomorrow in His hand. He is ultimately faithful. But if Jesus had not come, we would not know His faithfulness, would we? There's a lot, about things, a lot of things about God we would not know. If Jesus had not come, we would not know the fullness of God's love. We would not know the fullness of God's love. We've talked about love before many times. In John 15, 13, we're told about, not necessarily a definition of love, but we're given the greatest example of love. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love hath no man than this. In other words, there is no greater example of love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You familiar with Romans 5.8? The Bible says this, but God commendeth his love toward us, or God reveals or shows his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? That means he did not wait for you to start being good and then decide, well, you know what? I kind of like you now, so I'm going to go and send my son to die for you. It's not the way it worked. He looked down at us and he saw people who were, going to, who were going to have wicked thoughts and who were going to steal and who were going to cheat and who were going to lie and who were going to reject him and hate him and kill his prophets. He looked down at the time and he saw people who were going to go out of their way to destroy and burn the Word of God and burn men and women and children who were trying to stand up for the Word of God. He looked down the annals of time to those people who would reject him and he said, even though they hate me so much, I can see their eternity, and I can see their need. Like that song, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Sometimes as parents, we have to do that, right? And the kid's throwing a fit about something, they're not obeying, they're having a bad attitude or a bad spirit about something. But as a parent, sometimes we look beyond their fault and we see the need. Maybe this tantrum or this bad reaction they're having to this about this is because of something else that's going on. A deeper issue that needs to be addressed that will help take care of this. He looked beyond our faults. He commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. You're in 1 John chapter 5. Look back at chapter 4, verse number 10. It says this, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. If Jesus had not come, 
we would not know the fullness of the love of God. It's one thing to say that God loves you. And it's another thing to understand the extent to which he would go for our love. You see, God created us, not like science, so-called science tells us today that we just kind of popped up out of nowhere over a billion years. But there was a designer, a creator, who designed our bodies so that they would work, so that it wouldn't just implode or explode or fall apart or whatever, that we were designed by God for a very specific reason. We were designed to commune with Him and to fellowship with Him and to worship Him and to obey Him. But He also gave us that free will, that choice I was talking about, and man chose to sin. And that sin caused a necessary separation between God and man. Because God cannot be in the presence of sin. And because of that, God looked down throughout the time and He knew He was going to have to judge mankind because mankind chose sin. What am I going to do about it? God has a plan. All throughout Israel's history, they were told to bring animals to sacrifice, and the shedding of that blood was to be a covering temporarily for their sins. And then they would have to do it again, and then they'd have to do it again, and they'd have to do it again. All of that pointing to one day there would be a lamb that would come and shed his blood to be the final sacrifice for sin, the most efficient and effective covering of all the sins of mankind that would ever have to be done. No more would blood have to be sprinkled onto the mercy seat. No longer would a high priest have to go between God and man. Now man, being the believer priest that he is, could go before God and enter in before the throne of God as we are commanded to do. If Jesus had not come, we wouldn't know how far God would be willing to go. We see how far God was willing to go. He was willing to send his only begotten son to live on this earth for one purpose alone. And that purpose was not to raise a revolutionary army, to overthrow Rome and take back Israel. That purpose was to die. If Jesus had not come, we would not know the fullness of God's love. Number three, if Jesus had not come, we would not know the depths of God's humility and compassion towards us. We would not know the depths of God's humility and compassion towards us. Hebrews 2.17 says this, Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of people. Jesus was made like me in every respect. He took my weaknesses, and he took my temptations, and my sufferings, and yours. And why did he do that? So that he could be a more effective advocate for us. When he became a man, he did not become a man who could not be tempted. He did not become a man who could not sin. He became a man who would not sin, who would suffer those temptations, who would be greatly tempted to lie, who would be greatly tempted to cheat and steal and think thoughts he should not think. He would be greatly tempted to provide for his own flesh, but being God, he determined that he would not because he had to be the perfect sacrifice. Why? Because if he was going to die on the cross and shed his blood for sins, to cover sins, they couldn't be his own. If he sinned, he would have to shed his blood for his own sins. 
but because He was the perfect Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Not His own sins. He was made like us in every respect. In Philippians 2.5, it says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, hey, you want to think like Jesus? This is how Jesus thought. So if you want a, a little insight into his mind, here's how Jesus thought so that you can also think that way. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We get an insight into who Jesus was. He was God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, the humiliation of Jesus to become man. He didn't come down and be born to a king so that he was a prince and grew up in a palace. Wasn't like that at all. He grew up in a blue-collar family with godly parents. Being made of no reputation, it took upon him the form of the servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found and fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. How compassionate would Jesus be? Jesus would be so compassionate that he would look out on the crowds who were suffering, and he would mourn for them and be moved with compassion to them. Jesus was so compassionate that he would stand outside the grave of one of his best friends, Lazarus, and he would see everyone else crying and mourning that loss and fully knowing that he was going to raise that man from the dead in just a few minutes. He still wept. He had emotions. He had feelings. And, and he felt badly for everybody else. And he still wept and he mourned in that time. He was moved with compassion. How compassionate, how, how passionate was Jesus that when he came into the temple, he was angry because of what he saw. Now, he didn't go around and start killing people. He began taking those tables of people who were stealing money and, and using religion to their own monetary benefit and being allowed to do that in the temple, robbing people, overthrowing those tables, and made a whip and began chasing people out of the temple. He was a passionate man. He was so compassionate that when Mary came to the garden after his resurrection, he could have been gone. But yet there he was to meet her in the garden and to speak with her one-on-one -on -one compassionately. How compassionate was Jesus? Passionate enough to walk directly toward that cross his entire life, knowing what it meant for him. But he did it because he knew what it meant for you. He was willing to suffer that temporary agony and pain and humility or humiliation because he looked into eternity and he saw your need. We can understand the depth of God's humility when we understand how he humbled himself and came down from heaven who was God and became a man who was largely unknown in his time and who was rejected by his own brethren in that time. He humbled himself quite a lot to be here. If Jesus had not come, number four, we would not know his atoning death and life-giving resurrection, and thus we would not know our own salvation. If Jesus had not come, I know I shortened it up here because all of that was way too long. We would not know God's salvation. There would be no salvation for sinners. Stop and consider 
the weight of that statement. Starting back in the Garden of Eden, if Adam and Eve had chosen sin, which they did, and then according to Romans 5.12, sin passed upon all men for that all men have sinned. Which means you were born with a sin nature. No one taught you to lie. No one taught you to be selfish. No one taught you to be mean or unkind or cruel or unforgiving. Those things all came naturally to us. We were born in sin. And if he had not come, and if there was no prophecies about his coming, everyone in the Old Testament would have died in their sins, and God would have been forced to send them to an eternity in hell to pay for their own sins. And if Jesus had not come, as, we, as they looked forward to the coming, the prophesied coming of the Messiah, we look back to the, the recorded coming of the Messiah, and we trust in Him. If, if, if we, He had not come, we would still be lost and dying in our sins, and God would be forced to send us to an eternity in hell to pay for our sins because He cannot be in the presence of sin. There would be no salvation for sinners. Romans 5.9 says this, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath, from the wrath of God, through Him, Jesus. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. We would not know his atoning death, and we would also not know his life-giving resurrection. It wasn't just that Jesus died on the cross that was so special, but it was the fact that after they took his lifeless body down, and they prepared it, and they put it inside that grave that had been uh, just dug and was only borrowed. Of course, they didn't realize that at the time. They, they put his body in there. And Pilate had the stone rolled over and sealed shut so that nobody could open that. And he even placed soldiers outside that tomb so that nobody could come and steal away Jesus' body and say, oh, he resurrected. But he did. Despite the soldiers, despite the sealing of that stone, despite the, the I'm, not, I'm not sure the correct adjective to use here, but despite the, the, the death in his flesh, his body still came back to life. His blood began to pump through his veins once more, veins which had collapsed, vein, muscles which had begun to deteriorate, flesh which had become to become necrotic and dead. To think about it returning back to life again, and for blood to begin to pump through the veins once more, and for his chest to begin rising and falling as he breathes once more, and he literally came back to life, and he literally lives today. That means his body is in a place. Well, we know where it is. It's in heaven beside his father's throne. And he has a hand that we will one day touch. He has a face that we will one day see. If Jesus had not come, we would know nothing of his life-giving resurrection. And we would know nothing of salvation. How different would the world be today if Jesus had never come? I would venture to say it would be a far worse world that we're living in today. Than otherwise, John 12, 32, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me, signifying his death on that cross. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men 
unto me. But ultimately, if Jesus had not come, we wouldn't know God. We've talked about different characteristics of God that we would not know. We wouldn't know His faithfulness. We wouldn't know His love. We wouldn't know His humility and compassion. We wouldn't know His salvation. Ultimately, if Jesus had not come, we wouldn't know God. Because Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God to us. That is why in John chapter 1, Jesus is called the Word. Because the Word, a book, the written and spoken Word, is our sole means of revealing truth. And so Jesus is the Word. It is the spoken Word, the revealed Word of God to us. It was Jesus, and the Word of God is about Jesus from beginning to the end. Prophesying is coming from the very beginning of Genesis and talking about His return all the way to the very end of Revelation. This book is not the anthology of mankind or of the Jewish people. This book is about Jesus. And if He had not come, we wouldn't know God. Because sin always separates us from God. Revelation 21, verse number 27 says this, talking about heaven. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh an abomination or maketh a lie. That excludes me. Now, oh, I certainly don't do abominable things, right? <laughs> you know, that's, that's not me. I'm not a defiler. I mean, that's a bad person, right? And what was the third thing? Or maketh a lie? Well, I'm not a lie. No, actually, I am. So are you, by the way. And the Bible tells us that nothing that maketh a lie will enter into heaven. But Hebrews 7.24 says this, But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. This verse here in Hebrews 7, 24 through 27 tells us that, uh, that he liveth ever to make intercession for them. That he was this, this high priest who was holy, harmless, undefiled, but separate from sinners. Understand this, if Jesus had not come, you and I would still be separated from God by a great gulf. And there would be no coming to God. That's a dark thought, I understand. That's why it was so important that Jesus come. You see, couldn't God have just wiped out all the sin? Couldn't God have said, well, you know what? We made a mistake the first time. I'm going to give you a second go around. I mean, in, in, in one sense, with Noah, he kind of gave us another chance, right? Destroyed all the bad people, saved the good. Here, humankind, you have another chance, and well, look what we did with it. No, it wasn't another chance that we needed. It wasn't another opportunity to make the right choice. 
He knew that every single time, if we had a choice, we were going to eventually choose to do wrong. Couldn't God have just said, well, you know what? I'm just going to let everybody get by with it. Well, then he wouldn't be God. Then he would not be the just judge. Then he would not be holy. Holy means separate from sin altogether. In order for God to maintain his holiness, he has to judge sin. And in order for God to help us to live in his presence, to spend an eternity with him, then that sin had to be dealt with. Praise God, I don't have to pay for my sin. Praise God, there is no amount of money I can pay, no amount of penance or whipping I can do to pay. There, praise God, there's no amount of scripture I can memorize to pay. Praise the Lord, there is not a thing on this earth I can do to pay for my own sins. It is as simple as done. Because He finished it on the cross. He did all the work. What do I have left to do? But believe. And yet, that belief is such a great obstacle to many. Oh boy, if I told you that you could say so many Hail Marys and then you would be, you know, 10,000 Hail Marys and you could be sure you're going to heaven, you would do it, right? If I told you that if you crawled on your knees from here to, to Delaware and then you'd be sure you could go to heaven, wouldn't you do it? Oh man, if I could be sure to go to heaven. Boy, the world is searching for things just like that, that they can do to be sure of heaven. But the Bible says that heaven is sure. You're in 1 John 5. Look at verse number 13. Actually, look back at verse number 11. I'll get it right. Verse 12. There we go. 1 John 5, 12. He that hath the Son, he that is in possession of the Son, Jesus Christ, is also in possession of eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It is a dichotomy. It's one or the other. If you are in possession of the Son, you are in possession of eternal life. If you are not in possession of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, you are not in possession of eternal life. That's a sure thing. But just in case you still weren't sure, look at verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. I tell you, First John is a book all about knowing things. That ye may know. I know what that means. That you may know that you have eternal life. It is because Jesus came and provided that way for salvation that has absolutely nothing to do with me that I can know that I have eternal life. And because I could not be good enough to earn that salvation, praise God, I cannot be good enough to keep that salvation. And so my salvation is not dependent upon me to keep it either. Or else all y'all would have lost your salvation by now. I certainly would have. I can't be good enough to keep it. Because it was a gift from God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, the Bible says. If Jesus had not come, we would not know God's complete faithfulness. We would not know the fullness of God's love. We would not know the depths of His humility and compassion toward you. If Jesus had not come, we would not know his atoning death and life-giving resurrection, and thus we would not know salvation. But ultimately, if Jesus had not come, we would not know God. But like the song said that I sung, but Jesus came. 
He came to earth, and men beheld His manger birth. The shepherds heard, the angels sing, the wise proclaimed Him Lord and King. He died, He rose. By and by His blood, we too become the sons of God. We preach the gospel in His name, for Jesus came. Yes, Jesus came. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that you're saved. You don't know for sure that you're a Christian. Maybe the Lord has worked in your heart and if you're here and you don't know for sure that you're saved, can today be the day of your salvation? Absolutely, but it's your choice. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we are all one heartbeat away from eternity. Whether that heartbeat leads to heaven and an eternity in the presence of God, or that heartbeat leads to hell and an eternity separate from God, is my choice, your choice. I made the decision long ago to become a child of God. Oh, I'm not perfect. But all I had to do is place my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did on that cross. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that you would go to heaven if you were to die, let today be the day of salvation. Here in a little bit, we're all going to stand and the piano is going to play. And everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are going to be closed. And I would just ask if you're not sure, but you want to know, if you would just walk down this aisle and meet me during that time so that I or somebody else can take a Bible and show you how to know for sure you're saved. Christian, maybe the Lord's worked in your heart concerning something this morning as well. If the Spirit's moved, I encourage you to move too. If He's going out of His way to work upon your heart, Think about how far God went to show His love. How far would you be willing to go to show that you're willing to make changes where necessary?